Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I'm joined by Noah St. John. Noah is known as the Millionaire Habits Coach and founder of SuccessClinic.com, a global peak performance and business growth company. He's the author of books such as The Secret Code of Success and Power Habits, which we're going to discuss in this episode. Working with seven and eight-figure companies, company CEOs, athletes, executives, and entrepreneurs, Noah's coaching clients have added more than $2.7 billion in sales by following his legendary methods. He's also appeared on more than 1,000 media outlets, including ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Hallmark Channel, Success Magazine, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, and Monetization Nation. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Noah. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Nathan. Hey, can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? Well, you know, I'm passionate about empowering people. I mean, it really just comes down to empowering my clients, but empowering really everybody because what I, you know, one of the things that I like to say is about helping people to take out their head trash. As you mentioned, that's, you know, the title of one of my new books, Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. But really, um, if you think about what is head trash, and certainly that's something we could talk about, uh, you know, in more depth. But basically, I see head trash holding people back, whether they're making six figures a year, seven or even eight figures, believe it or not. Uh, a lot of people have head trash that is holding them back. And so, you know, being able to show them how to take that out, take out the trash so that they can really have more joy, more fulfillment, more happiness, more freedom in their lives. So that's I would say that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I've written all these books about. All these are my books. And then these are some of my books in different languages. So I've been wow. writing, basically, you could say I've written all these books on pretty much the same subject, which is how to, how to not only just take out your head trash, but be the best version of yourself. So what are some of the most common types of head trash that we need to take out that, that an entrepreneur or CEO might need to take out? Right. Absolutely. Well, so, you know, it, as I said, that's a, it's a very big topic and something I've written all these books about, but what, one of the things that people ask me all the time is, well, Noah, you, you, know, you, see, you talk about head trash all the time, but what is it, right? What is head trash? You keep talking about it. So you know, I wanted to find head trash for all of our uh, viewers here, everybody watching and listening to the program. So head trash, the way that I've been teaching it for the last two decades, is the voice in your head that says, I can't do it because dot, 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 right? And then you just fill in the blank with whatever you think is the reason why you can't do the thing that you want. So if, if, you, if we look at the 30,000 foot view here, Nathan, and just sort of pull back the curtain a moment, you know, everybody has dreams, right? That's why I'm wearing a t-shirt, one of our, yeah. our branded t-shirts called Live Your Dream, right? And reminds, on the back, it has a, a saying of why am I living my dream? But, you know- Reminds me of that Disney movie where they're singing in the- in the bar right. with the princess. Right, exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love when that guy says to the other guy, your dream sucks. We're doing this for her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Because <laughs> he's like, money, money, money. He's like, ah, shut up. That's not anything. <laughs> and that's really actually a great example because you know, once you're once you're at a certain point in your life, you know, you've made the money and you're doing well, then of course it's like, well, now what do I do? <clears throat> and you know, I have lots of stories of clients who we've helped to what is their next chapter in life? But the point is, you know, for everybody, you know, we all want something, right? And so I call that your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Your pot of gold and, you know, meaning whether it's money, time, energy, relationships, whatever it might be, we all want whatever we want, right? And so we think about that thing that we want 
And whether it's happiness, joy, a new house, a new car, a new spouse, you know, just to find the love of our lives, whatever it might be. But then so many times what happens is the very, very next thought that you have is, yeah, but I probably can't do it, right? Or I probably can't have that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably for other people, but maybe not. Yeah, it's probably not for me. Now, see, that's what I'm saying is you're really saying to yourself, but I can't do it because dot, 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 see? Yeah. And so one of the things that I, you know, help my clients with, um, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, we've helped our clients literally at over $2.7 billion. That means we've helped people, you know, just like everybody watching this program, to add six figures, multiple six figures, seven, and yes, even eight figures, you know, using these methods. And what's so funny is people go, but no, this is so simple. And I, you know, often say to them, but simple is the ultimate form of sophistication, Right simplicity scales complexity doesn't and so yes it's simple but that doesn't always mean it's easy yeah. so one thing that everybody can do right now for example i you know write down <clears throat> your pot of gold what is your pot of gold get very very clear on that right and understand what that is now a lot of people say that right oh get clear on your goals yeah i've heard that before okay great now tell me why you can't have it <laughs> right what's the thing in your head that says oh yeah but i can't have that because and they go, oh, I never thought of that before. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you have it already? Oh, well, yeah, but no, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I can't afford it. You know, my wife won't let me do that. Or my family will make fun of me or my friends will think I'm stupid or whatever it might be, right? And I say, but don't you understand? That's the very thing that's holding you back. And so, you know, when you ask about the different forms of head trash, well, it depends on the person, of course, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. So that's the point is, and this is why, you know, when I work with our, our you know, our 50,000 or $100,000 clients, I mean, this is what we get into because it, that this very thing, as simple as it sounds, can literally be holding you back from literally making, it can, it can be stopping you from an extra 10,000 a month, you know, 25, 50, $100,000 a month and even more because you're going to make it true. That's what happens with your head trash. So you should put on your business card, chief garbage man, because you help people take out the trash, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And the trash that's in your, and think about this, and just to dig a little deeper, if you'll pardon the pun, but, um, you know, think about your house, right? So think about your house where you're living right now. I just bought this new home. We just moved in, my wife and I just, you know, uh, about 40 days ago, a beautiful home here in uh, Northeast Ohio, right near the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so, you know, imagine in your home, you know, whether you live in a condo or apartment or a house or whatever, um, and you just said, you know what, um, I don't feel like taking out the trash this week. I think I'll just just leave it. You know, I don't I don't feel like taking it out this week. And you just let the trash pile up. And then the next week goes by like, yeah, I don't feel like taking it out this week. And then, you know, a month goes by three months, six months, a year goes by two or three years goes by. You haven't taken out the trash. What's your home smell like right now? Like, what does it feel like to be in there? It's pretty gross, isn't it? I mean, even after just a week or two, it'd be yeah, pretty bad, definitely. right? But think about this, friends, everyone watching, think about how many people do you know that have been carrying around trash in their head for 10, 20, 30 years, right? Or yeah. more? And maybe you know someone like that. Huh? And so the point is that that is exactly the same thing. We have so many people have all this trash in their heads that number one, they don't even know it's there. And see, yeah. that's what so many of my clients say to me. No, oh my gosh, no. I didn't even know I was saying this to myself. Exactly. Because it's at the subconscious level, but it's just like that iceberg principle of human thought or human consciousness. The iceberg principle says only about 5% of our thoughts, behaviors, and actions are visible. That means in a conscious level. 
like the iceberg, right? About 5% yep. is visible. And the vast 95% is below the surface. It's hidden. And so what I often say to our coaching clients is it wasn't the part of the of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic that they could see. It was the part that they couldn't see that sunk the Titanic. And that's what's sinking so many people too. Tell us about your journey. How did you get to be this amazingly successful entrepreneur and and a habits coach? Well, you know, I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. And, and I know that's a total cliche, I know, but it's totally true. I grew up in this little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, which just happens to be one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And I mean that literally because we lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure. So from a very young age, I was painfully exposed to the gap, the chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The haves was everyone else in the community and the have-nots was my family. So you know, you hear speakers, they get on stage and they'll say something like, well, you know, we were poor, but we were happy. We didn't know we were poor. Well, in my family, we freaking knew we were poor <laughs> because <laughs> my, my mother, bless her heart, reminded us every day that we were poor and miserable. So no, it wasn't happy. It sucked. And so uh, from a very young age, I, I hated that life of poverty. And, and I wanted to get out of that because I saw right down the street, there was great wealth and abundance. And I said, how the heck do I get from here to there? Right. And, you know, of course, people say all the time, and you still hear this all the time, gurus say, well, you know, the secret to success is hard work, right? You got to hustle and grind. We hear this all the time, right? There's the hustle and the grinders. And, and I mean, these are good friends of mine, you know, so I, I, I love those guys. But the point is, they say, well, the secret to success, just work, you know, work, 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 12, 14, 18 hours a day. And I go, you're full of shit because <laughs> my, my parents worked all the time and they never became successful. So no, yeah. that is not right. You know, I, I, I grew up with that. And no, that's not the amazing point. Yeah. Hard work is not the point. It's nothing. It, it's nothing. I'm not saying it's you, you shouldn't work hard, but there's working hard and working smart and working strategically. Right. And I mean, if you don't have a strategy, the, the analogy I always like to give is that it's like you're trying to build a house and you're working really hard and you're slapping boards together. All right. We'll get up in the morning. We slap boards together and hope the house shows up there. And you're like, uh, that's not a house. Right. Why? Because you don't have a plan. You don't have a strategy, right? And you might not even have the right tools either, right? Maybe you got a, you know, a rock and you know, some nails or something, and you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. And so, meanwhile, you got people right down the street. They're going, hmm, and you got the right plan and the right tools, and they got the right the people and the system and the support. And you're like, gee, wow, how come it looks so easy when they do it? Well, yeah. when they don't tell you what to do, hello, it makes it really hard. So, anyway, long story short, I because I hated that life of poverty and I wanted to get out of it. I, I did the only thing that I knew to do. Now, you could probably guess by now that I'm probably like the nerdiest nerd in the industry, the personal <laughs> and business growth industry. They call me like the Sheldon Cooper of self-help <laughs> because I'm such a nerd. And you can see that I'm surrounded by books, you know, in my, here in my office. And I, I just, I've always loved books. I mean, now I've got books that I've written too, not just from other people. But, you know, when I was a kid, I just, I still, I always loved reading books. And so I went to the library, started reading every book on, on success and, you know, self-help, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon, all the classics of self-help, yes. you know? And then, you know, I really, really tried to, to put it to work. I, I did work hard. I was working hard, you know, but I really never saw any success. I was so frustrated that it, at the age of 25, I decided to commit suicide. I decided to take my own life Oh man! Uh, because I was so depressed, frustrated, lonely, you know, and angry because I've been like, I'm working so hard and not, why do I have... No, nothing, nothing showing up, <clears throat> no success. And so anyway, uh, at the very last moment, you know, my life was spared at, at, and I didn't take my own life, as you can see. So, and I do tell that story in, in my books like Power Habits and, and Secret Code, as you mentioned. 
But anyway, long story short, when my life was spared, I said, okay, I've got to find why I'm here on the earth because I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I'm here. And so I went on another long journey of about five years where I just was reading every book on, on spiritual growth. So the first journey was more like an outer journey, trying to be successful, you know, in the outer world. And that, that really didn't work for me. And then, then I went on the inner journey, you know, trying to find my purpose. Why am I here? And reading books by authors like Ernest Holmes and Neil Donald Walsh and Louise Hay and people like that, right? And so in 1997, over two decades ago, that's when I really had the, uh, the two epiphanies that changed my life and gave me what, what is my purpose here on the earth. And that was when I, I wrote my very first book entitled Permission to Succeed, which is right there. Um, but anyway, so um, I actually met Jack Canfield back then in 1998. I had self-published a book in 1997. So yeah, I've been doing this for actually my company. I started my company, successclinic.com. I launched that website in 1997, 98. So believe it or not, my company is actually seven months older than Google, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> so I accidentally ended up starting one of the very first business and personal growth websites on the internet, just not even knowing what I was doing, just really having a dream, really, you know, really just having a dream and, and a vision and a burning desire to, to make a difference, to help people have that impact all around the world. And so then I met Jack uh, at a, uh, an award ceremony. He read my self-published book, which was the ugliest book you've ever seen. You know, there was no Kindle on demand, you know, Kindle publishing back then. It was yeah. nothing. It was just, it was the ugliest book. It was really awful. But um, he loved it, you know, and he's like, wow, this is, this looks awesome. And he sent it, uh, Jack did, he sent it to the Chicken Soup Publisher. And that's how my very first book was published by the Chicken Soup Publisher back in 1999. Wow. So literally... I started out as one of the, the, you know, the youngest kids doing this. And now I'm one of the OG. They call me the, you know, the OG of self-help now, which I, I can use, mean a lot of different things. But anyway, uh, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for almost a quarter century now. And, and you know, we have our, our clients who have, you know, we work with Hollywood celebrities. We work with uh, professional athletes, CEOs, you know, seven, eight figure CEOs, working moms, chiropractors, network marketers. I mean, it's just uh, health professionals, really just anybody who wants to um, be more and do more and have that, um, have that dream lifestyle. I love it. What a great story. In, in this amazing journey you've gone on, what's been the greatest home run that you've hit so far? I think my, my greatest um, accomplishment is, has been my discovery of affirmations, which is, this is my book from Hay House there, the book of affirmations. Mm -hmm. And which is not affirmations. I'm not saying it wrong. It's the word affirmations that I invented back in 1997. That was one of the things that I, you know, my epiphanies that I, that I mentioned. And um, because uh, the reason that I say that is because that is the thing that I am most known for at this point, which is, you know, people, you know, when they, when they hire me as a coach or, or they, you know, take one of our virtual events or online programs you know, um, probably eight out of 10 of them say, I heard about you on your YouTube channel. I watched, you know, your YouTube videos. I heard about you on Affirmations or people were talking about you and, you know, I wanted to check you out. So uh, I think that's probably been my biggest home run over these last, uh, you know, two decades. Um, and something that I, I do hope will, you know, outlive me <laughs> and, uh, you know, be a, be a legacy, you know, that I hope will, you know, will last. And like I said, will outlive me. Uh, because it's, it really is, it's, it's so simple, but yet it's very powerful. It's a, it's a very powerful way to, um, to, well, to change your brain and to change your habits and change your life. So I think that's probably been my biggest home run. Yeah. Do you want to give us a quick explanation of what an affirmation is? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. 
So um, everybody knows, of course, everybody watching this program, I'm sure, uh, knows what an affirmation is, right? An affirmation is a statement of something you want to be true. So like uh, at my private workshops with clients or, you know, my, in my uh, virtual trainings or live events, you know, I'll often have my audience members, I'll say, okay, now um, we're going to say an affirmation, just like they taught us, like the gurus taught us, right? And so we'll use a classic affirmation, right? And I say, okay, everybody say, I am rich, right? And everybody goes, I am rich. And you know what happens next? Everybody starts laughing. And I go, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? And they say, well, I'm not rich. And they go, and I say to them, well, you just said you were. And they go, yeah, but I don't believe it. And aha, see, now that's the problem, right? That is actually the problem with the old method, which is you say these statements just like they told us to, right? But we don't believe it a lot of times, right? So you say, I'm happy, I'm rich, I'm successful. And, and see, this is what I did. I did that all those years that I was talking about, you know, all those years that I was on that journey. And because every book, literally every book in self-help says the same thing. Well, use an affirmation, put in a positive, pull out emotional, you know, you've heard this a million times. And so I, I'm happy, I'm rich, I'm successful. No, I'm not. I'm broken, miserable, I'm happy, right? So it's like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong here, right? So I was so frustrated. And so uh, one morning in April 1997, I was in the shower and I was thinking about this. And in my, in my books, my online programs, I call it the shower that changed everything. You know, the, the shower that changed everything. So that aha moment in the shower. I'm sure, I'm sure probably everybody watching has had, you know, at least one of those aha moments in the shower. Well, this yeah, is definitely. one that really changed my life. And so, <clears throat> so I realized that we, we're going around making statements we don't believe when the human mind actually responds automatically to something even more powerful, which is questions. So I said, why are we going around making statements we don't believe when the human mind responds automatically to questions? And I said, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And it's just because they told us to. I said, but well, what if they're wrong? And then I said, because, you know, it's, it's, that, um, it's that thing that everybody believes. It's just like, you know, for thousands of years, humans believed that the earth was flat. Right. Well, of course, it's flat. Dumb, dumb. Walk outside and look at the earth. It's flat. What's wrong with you? Right. And then a guy named Columbus comes along. He says, hey, guys, uh, I think it's round. Right. <laughs> and of course, well, he's crazy. And then, um, you know, for thousands of years, humans believed that the earth was the center of the universe and the sun goes around the earth. Right. I mean, duh, just walk outside. And look, the sun goes around the earth. I mean, what's the problem? Right. And then a guy named Galileo comes along with a telescope. And he goes, uh, guys, I, I hate to tell you this, but there's going around the sun. And he's like, what? Throw him in jail. He's crazy. Right. So the point is, sometimes we have to question these assumptions, right? That everybody just believes because that's what they say. So sometimes it's important to question your assumptions, you know, this, what everybody says just because they said it. So I'm, I was thinking about this in the shower and I said, wait a minute, this, this, is, this doesn't even work. Why are we doing this? Why don't we do it the easy way? Why don't we do it a much simpler way? And I said, well, what would it look like? And I said, well, let's see, you got the statement or affirmation, I am rich, which your brain says, yeah, right. Right. In, in my books and in my training programs, I, I actually call it the yeah, right response because your brain literally goes, yeah, right. You know, and so I said, well, how could we circumvent the yeah, right response? How can we get around that? And you do it by asking a question. So instead of saying I am rich, which your brain says, yeah, right. What if you said, why am I so rich? Why am I so rich? And your brain goes, huh? What? And, and you think about that. And then if you think about what most people are doing, what are they doing? They're focusing on what they don't have right? They're focusing on what they lack. Well, when you focus on lack, what do you get? More lack, right? More yeah. experience of not having. So when you focus on what you have, what do you get? More having. So I said, if you make an affirmation, you know, using my affirmations method, then actually what you can start to do, what you will start to do is you'll start to focus on what you have 
instead of what you lack. And then when you focus on what you have, what do you get? More having, right? And so this is literally how, you know, using this method and my, you know, my power habit system, which as you mentioned, is in, you know, my book on power habits, but, and, and, you know, really that's what we do is I realized that I have been focused. I had been focused my whole life on what I don't have because I grew up in poverty, right? That's what I was trained to do, not on purpose, but that's what I was trained to do. So I had to move everything to focus on what I have, even when I didn't have anything. And so this, using this method and, you know, my, my power habit system is how I went from a, when, when I discovered all this stuff. And when I, in fact, wrote that first book, I was in a 300 square foot basement apartment, right? In 1997. And I real, I realized, wait a minute, we've been taught wrong. So all these years later, now I'm in a 5,700 square foot home at the top of a hill, you know, near the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, I mean, that long journey is really a function of the fact that what can happen when you stop focusing on what you don't have and you start to focus on what you have, even when it appears that you don't have anything, but you, st- you focus on the fact that, in fact, you do have something but you just got to use that methodology so that you can have more and stop focusing on what you think you don't have. What is the biggest failure or mistake you've had in your journey? And what did you learn from it? My biggest mistake has always been trusting people too long when they prove to me that they shouldn't be trusted. And I have a book right here on my desk called the disease to please. (laughs) And the reason that's on my desk is because I'm a recovering people pleaser. You know, they, she likes to say in the book, a recovered people pleaser. I don't know that I'll ever be recovered. So, I mean, I hope so, but I mean, right now I'm still in recovery. I mean, and I've been working on this for low these many years. So my point is that see, because I'm such a people pleaser, naturally, that's how I was raised to be a people pleaser. So when someone would, you know, when, let's say when I would hire somebody, you know, whether it's to do my marketing or, or whatever, or publicity or PR or whatever, and I would just trust them that they would do it because they said they would do it. And see, that was really dumb on my part. <laughs> I was like, I, I should have done better homework, better research, but I just trusted them. And so then I would pour lots of money in and the person wouldn't get any results. And I keep pouring money in. I keep trusting them. And Long story short, that's what really hurt me a lot was not listening to my intuition and being too scared, too afraid to really confront the person because I, you know, wanted them to like me, which is really dumb. (laughs) It's very stupid. And so what's nice, though, is that recently, very recently, in fact, this week, as we're recording this, um, this week, I... I had hired a consultant and they were not a good fit. They just weren't a good fit. They'd gotten results for other people. And, you know, I was very hopeful, of course, that they would get results for me, but it was just a, a clash of, uh, of culture, you know, and, and I fired them and I was very scared to fire them because they, you know, they, this person's, you know, they were very volatile, you know, very, you know, argh, you know, like in your face, which is everything yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm just sort of just quiet, happy guy. Hey, man. You know, and he's like, you know, I mean, and so what happened was I, you know, I said, you know, this just isn't going to be a good fit. And he was like, okay. And, you know, I was, you know, I was like, okay, he's going to really, you know, jump through the phone or whatever, get ready. He was like, no, okay. 
I was like, ah, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? so, so the great news is at least I've learned, as you, you know, that was part of your question is what have I learned? So fortunately, I did that much, much quicker than in the past when I would have let it go on and on. And, you know, I had stress and I'm going, I'm paying this person. Why am I having stress? This is stupid. You know, so anyway, I was, I was very happy to see that. So that for me was big growth and, uh, you know, a, a big um, transformation that I was very happy to see. Thank you so much, Noah, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, head trash is the voice in our head that says, I can't do it because. Number two, we can identify our head trash by asking what our goals are and why we can't achieve those goals. Number three, head trash can build up. We need to take it out sooner rather than later and regularly. Number four, one way to take out our head trash is through our affirmations. Instead of saying, I am rich, we can ask ourselves through our affirmation, why am I rich? This forces our brain to focus on what we have, not what we don't, as well as helping us process how to get where we need to be. To learn more about or connect with Noah, you can connect with him on LinkedIn, you can visit his website at noahstjohn.com, or you can get a free copy of Noah's new book, Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. And there's links to each of these sites in the blog post of this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn to identify and leverage the highest passions of our ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in taking out your head trash. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.